There are men who have never answered the question, would you like bags and boards for those? There are men who think that Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing might be the same thing. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special guest grown-ass man, Neil Adams. Welcome to part two of our chat with the very funny, very engaging Neil Adams. In the first part, we focused on the work he did in getting money and credit and respect for comics creators. And in this second part, we're going to talk about the art and creations he did himself. One thing that's important to remember before we listen to this episode is how much influence and weight the Comics Code Authority had in the 50s and 60s. Comics Code was the self-regulating comic book industry censor that homogenized comics for years and years. And if your comic book wasn't approved by the comics, if it didn't have that little Comics Code uh, seal of approval on the cover of every issue, it was very hard to get drugstores and magazine shops to stock it. But as Mr. Adams tells it, Stan Lee over at Marvel Comics was a little craftier than the Comics Code. When you did, you know, those classic issues of Green Lantern, Green Arrow with yeah. Denny O'Neill, things that were dealing with racism and then drug abuse and all that, were the editors going, are you out of your mind? Well, you have to understand that I had about the best editor you could have. I had Julie Schwartz. Right. So he encouraged the whole idea from the beginning. And so I guess Denny and I took advantage of him, I guess, to one extent or another. So we started to do some things that were, you know, we attacked the, the president and the vice president of the United States. Governor of Florida got pissed off at us. We had insulted uh, Spiro Agnew, of all people. And, of course, we also insulted uh, Richard Nixon, who I, I made into the ugliest little girl in comic books. And didn't and, you make uh, Spiro, you kind of made Spiro uh, Agnew into like a child abductor or something, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the superintendent of a private kid's school. <laughs> But this, and he was controlling this little girl who was like, uh, had all these powers, these magical powers, who looked amazingly like Richard Nixon. And, uh, <laughs> and so, Agnew's on the cover of the comic book, right? So the, so the governor of Florida gets all bent out of shape and he sends a letter and says that, you know, if you ever do this again, we'll see to it that you never distribute, that we'll never distribute your comic books in, 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 in the state of Florida. And so this, the executives come to me and say, Neil, look at this. I look at the letter, read the letter. They said, what are, you gonna, what are we going to do? I said, what, what, what's, what, what's going on here? What did you do? I said, don't you guys read the comic books? I mean, <laughs> didn't you know we were doing this? No, no, that, but that's not the point. Well, like, it kind of is the point. Right. Don't, you, don't you, shouldn't you know this? So if, um, if Green Lantern and Green Arrow were Marvel characters, would you have been able to do those books in the same way? Well, I'll tell you a story. We had been doing some pretty uh, outrageous things. I didn't, they're not really considered outrageous now. We did the Chicago 7 trial, and we did some Union Towns and stuff like that. It was pretty good, pretty good bunch of comic books. Anyway, so Denny had written a, a book on overpopulation, mm -hmm. and I thought, nah, this isn't good. We're going heady in the wrong direction here. This is like, you know, I can see the end of the line here. And I thought, but there are things we haven't done yet. We haven't attacked the race issue, and we haven't done drug addiction. 
So I went home and I did a cover, the first cover that you see in the in the two book series where uh, Speedy, uh, the sidekick of uh, Green Arrow, is just shot up heroin. I'm looking at it right now. Clearly, clearly, he's got the fixins on the table. Yep. Okay. Not, this is there's no subtlety here. This nope. is bam right in the face. Great okay. cover, man. Such so I, cover. so I, so I did that cover. Just drew it, the whole thing. Put the words in. Brought it into my editor, Julie. Right. I handed it to him, and he dropped it like a hot potato. And he said, "We, we you're, are you out of your mind?" I said, "Well, no. I think we ought to, it ought to be published." He said, "It will never pass the comic." I said, "I know it won't pass the comics code, but it ought to be done. It ought to be. This is what we should be talking about, Julie." He said, "No." He said, "Look, I'm going to tell you two things, Neil." The first is, we'll never publish this. The second is, I will never pay you for it. So it sat around, and I just left it on Julie's desk for like two months. Anyway, I go over to Marvel Comics. I hung out with the guys at Marvel, and I, I was hanging out with uh, uh, Johnny Romita, and he said, look, Neil, I'm going to show you something. So there's this guy who is who has been popping pills, and he walks out a window or walks off a roof, right? That's, I think it's Osborne's son. Now, Stan doesn't know a lot about drug addiction. Generally, if you, quote, pop pills, you go over in a corner and quietly keep people away from you. <laughs> you don't go walking off a roof. But, you know, maybe somebody did, and maybe Stan read about it, and he decided to do it. I said, well, what happened? What's going on? He said, well, we sent it over the comics code, and they rejected it. I said, of course they rejected it. So what are you going to do? He said, well, Stan went to see his uncle, who was the publisher. And he said, I want to run it without the comics code seal. Right. And his uncle said, go ahead. I said, really? Really? It's going to run without this? He says, it's already at the printer. <laughs> so anyway, I go back a week later. And I go see Johnny. I said, what happened? Spider-Man issue, right? And there's no seal on it. He said, nothing. I said, what? He said, nothing happened. Nobody noticed the seal wasn't there. Nobody wrote a letter. Nobody called. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I couldn't believe it. I go back to DC Comics, right? Which is just across town. And I walk in. People are running around the halls. Running around the halls. What's going on? Oh, they're going to call a meeting of the Comics Code Authority. They're so pissed off that Stan got by them. They're so pissed off, right? Within a day, they called a meeting of the Comics Code Authority. Within four days, they changed the Comics Code from top to bottom, allowed drug addiction, wow. got rid of all the other bad stuff, right? Got rid of it 100%, totally rewrote the Comics Code. The fifth day after, Julie comes to me and he says, I got Denny writing the script for you. And so we did that book and right. the follow-up follow book, and the comics code piddled away into nothing. It just drizzled away. Right. We destroyed it. Right. And within four days, they went, this internal That's right. organization went. And because they were so pissed at Stan. <laughs> they were so pissed. You got to realize that DC Comics was the head honcho relatives of the comics code because they're the only one that had any money but stan screwed him <laughs> stan beat him to it <laughs> julie had it printed and had yep. to pay me and 
had to pay me for that cover. Oh, that must have been a sweet check to get. A sweet check. Yeah, all of 50 bucks. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> hey, it wasn't like you guys were advocating drug use like a lot of people at the time were. That's right. You know, it's a big, a lot of people, you know. The opposite is true. The opposite is true. You did so many, uh, you really seemed in a way to specialize in phenomenal covers. What was your approach to getting somebody's attention with a cover? Coalescing an idea into a picture. Pretty much it. Yeah. So you figure out what the idea is, what the goal is, what you're trying to accomplish, what it is, and how do you find the best picture to do that. I mean, clearly it's like advertising because it's... it's like, I mean, well, guess what? Who is doing advertising? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I made a list of like... I was born in 64, so I say I'm really getting into comics 74. Right, right. You Perfect know? Time. And somehow I discovered this book that was a book of your art called The Art of Neil Adams. It was like a, a pink cover. It was... I, I don't know when that came out. Do you know what I'm talking about? You were about? young and you read that. It was really called The Fart of Neil Adams. The Fart, yeah. I didn't have to read yet, really. <laughs> but I love that book. And uh -oh. at the same time, there were some amazing covers that came out. I, I made a list. I still own some of these books. Like... I'll tell you a cool thing. I'll tell you a cool thing that's happening. This, uh, in February, 27 of my more iconic covers from, like, 30 years ago. Right. I have penciled, repenciled, and each one of them has different characters on it. Not the characters that were on it. So it was Green Lantern, now it's Superman, or it's Wonder Woman, or whoever, right? Right. And they're being done for 27 different alternate versions of covers for DC Comics, all going to come out in February, all inked by different guys. Nice. And cool. Isn't that cool? That sounds really cool. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? I so mean, really, like, you come right down to it, it's really stupid. It's your classic covers. My classic covers, penciled by me with different characters, right? And inked by different inked people. by different people. That's right. Crazy. I happen to like when you ink your own stuff, man. Well, I kind of do, too, so we'll you know. see what happens. They're putting, their, they're putting their hand in the grinder, these poor guys. But I'm sure they're all going to try to do a good job. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean... So now I'm going to tell you the best story of all. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Man. okay. So we're. I knew we're. I knew we were heading for the wall with this uh, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. So I decided to do uh, a Black Green Lantern. Right. So I get, go into my editor, Julius Schwartz, and I say, Julie, uh, you know there ought to be a backup Green Lantern. We are not like today. You know, we have seven thousand of them. Right. We need a backup Green Lantern. Something could happen to Hal Jordan. We need somebody to take his place. He said, we already have that. I said, what do you mean? He said, a guy named Guy Gardner. We have a guy named Guy Gardner. We did a story a couple of years ago. Guy Gardner, you know, is a... I said, who is this Guy Gardner? He says, well, he's a, this, this gym teacher. And uh, so he pulled out his, like, volumes. I said, I'm sorry, Julie, I don't read the comics pull out his volumes and he showed me it says blonde white anglo-saxon gym teacher in the midwest is the you know the next uh, green lantern guy gardner and i said okay so julie this this would be my plan uh we hit him with a bus <laughs> he said he said what i said i think we should hit him with a bus why do you want to hit him with a bus 
Well, because if we break his arm, you know, like a month and a half later, he could come back. But if you hit him with a bus, he's going to have like internal injuries and all kinds of shit. We'll hit him with a bus, which we, by the way, did hit him with a bus. <laughs> I said, Julie, look, okay. An alien comes to Earth, a purple alien comes to Earth, and he's about to die. So some really bad stuff has happened to him. So he's going to die, and he knows he's going to die. So he needs a replacement. So he takes the ring out, and he takes the ring off, and he sends the ring around the world to find the bravest, most worthy man on Earth, right? The ring passes by Bruce Wayne. It passes by Superman. Passes by every hero in the DC and Marvel universe and finds a test pilot. I'm with it. I get it. Test pilots have balls of steel. You got a test pilot. I'm buying that. Okay. So now you decide a couple years ago that you're going to send the ring around the world again to find a replacement for him, and you find a blonde, white, Anglo-Saxon gym teacher in the Midwest. I just, I have trouble with that. You ever watch the Olympics? How often do you see gold, silver, bronze, all three white guys? I mean, I, you know, I see Asians, I see blacks, I see, I see whites. You know, how often do you see just three white guys? I think in archery. Maybe you see in archery or, you know, I don't know, shot put. Uh, you want a black Green Lantern. I said, no, I don't just want a black Green Lantern. I don't want a gangbanger who suddenly gets powers and he's a good guy. I don't want an African chief who we can relate to, everybody, every one of us, we can all relate to an African chief. I want a college-educated, graduate, professional man. Fine. He says, fine. I'll have Denny write it, but you have to draw it. I said, look, Julie, not only do I have to draw it, as far as I know, I'm the only artist in comic books that draws black people who look like black people. Wow. He says, okay. He says, okay, you just have to do it. I said, Okay, and we have a black Green Lantern, and he is the Green Lantern that you see on uh, Saturday morning and Sunday morning on the Justice League show. So I read the script, read the first page, and uh, and his name is there. So I read the name. Okay, his name is Lincoln Washington. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, can't, can't cut a break. <laughs> so I go, I go to Denny. I go, Denny, Lincoln Washington. Denny says, Not me, not me. That's Julie. That's Julie's name. I said, Julie? Okay. I go to Julie's room, right? I close the door because there's going to be some yelling, right? (laughs) Julie, Lincoln, Washington. He says, what? I know lots of guys with names like that. (laughs) Julie, 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 it's a slave name, Julie. It's a slave name. You know lots of guys that are changing their names because they have names like that. Well, what would you call them? I said, a name, just to pick a name out of a bear. He said, no, you name them. You name them. Just make some names and put them in a jar and pick one out. He said, you, you pick a name. I said, fine, John Stewart. He, how would I know he'd become a late-night comedian? Really? Right, right, right. Really, how would I know? Anyway. <laughs> so, Another kind of superhero. And, of course, I get guys, you have to understand, you can't put yourself in my, in my shoes. Okay, but I can tell you, I've at, been at comic book conventions. I've had grown black men standing in front of me shaking my hands and tears coming out of their eyes because of John Stewart. Wow, that's amazing. Fine. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, this story has two endings. <laughs> they, the DC Comics and Warner's announces, right, 
that they're going to have a Green Lantern movie in there now. So it's going to be Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. All the kids in America go, who the hell is Hal Jordan? <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't John Stewart Green Lantern? <laughs> right. Every kid in America knew who John Stewart was. Yeah. Everyone. And they don't had no idea who Hal Jordan was in that movie, by the way. Lost $150 million. That movie tanked. That movie tr truly tanked. Yep. $150 million. Okay, second ending. Much, much closer to me doing it. When I did John Stewart, and I did the comic book, I colored the comic book, or I had the book com comic book colored. We kind of colored it together. And I made his skin dark. Mm -hmm. Up to that time, black people in comic books were light brown. Uh, what's his name? Gage in uh, The Howling Commandos was gray. Okay. Light brown. So I gave him dark brown skin. Right? And what you do is when you put the colors, what you used to do is you'd mark the formula for the color. So you'd pin it down. So you knew exactly what color you were putting down. It's uh, YR3B2. It's not YR2B3. So anyway, you marked it so you knew what it was. So there was no question of the color that you were putting down. So I'm up at DC Comics, and I'm doing something, whatever the hell it was, and, and Julie Schwartz and the head of production, Sal Harris, he come to me, and they say, ah. And, and Julie kind of refer, defers to Sal. Sal goes, you know, Neil, uh, you know, when we, uh, uh, I noticed I had in the color guides and uh, made this uh, black character kind of dark-skinned. Usually, you know, usually when we do uh, black people, we we we, uh, we make it uh, light brown. Uh, are you sure you want to? You can just change the numbers. I said no. I don't think I'm going to do that. And then Saul said the thing that you will not believe when I say it. I can't already. I can't believe that he would have that first part of the conversation. With well, you. you listen to this one. Are you sure that black people won't be offended? <laughs> I said, Saul, I think black people have been offended for about 50 years and a long time before that. But no, I don't think they're going to be offended. But you know what? If you get a letter, you just give it to me. <laughs> wow. So Saul says, well, it's on you. <laughs> I said, you got it. <laughs> when you did the Muhammad Ali versus Superman, I mean, you were really dealing with... Uh, yeah. Two two icons. That's right. Did you? How did that project come about? And well, did, did you ever get to meet Ali? Yes, I did. I did. Oh my God, you met him! That's I, I met him. Uh, I, the thing is that the the book he, he was not champ when we were doing the book, but that's right. He, he had lost. Yeah, he had lost. And at the end, at, when we finished it and we published it, or DC Comics published it, he had won the title back for the third time. Right, so yeah. they announced the publish it, publication of the book and his winning the title for the third time yeah. uh, uh, at the same time at the same news conference. Guess which got the bigger headlines? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not the comic book. Still, I got to be at the news conference with Ali. Let me just tell you something, okay? Ali's coming through the crowd, and I got there first, and of course he had the comic book in his hand, right? So I shook hands with him. And then people, there was a lot of crowd, a lot of sports guys were there. And so I helped to guide him through by putting my hand on his back and kind of moving him through. 
and I put my hand on his back, and it was like putting my hand on a wall. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like it was a wall right there. I could feel, you know, you there was no give. Yeah. It was just a wall. Yeah. I thought, oh, shit. This, yeah. is, this is how you become champ three times. Yeah, that's how you become champ. That's right. Anyway, I was, I was very impressed by that. Wow. I know my back doesn't feel like that, I can tell Did you. Do you like the book? Oh, yeah, he shows it to people. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. I remember buying that. I mean, what was it? 78, I think, that yeah. came out. You and everybody in the world. Yeah, I mean, that I still got, own it. That, you know? that, that book got printed in every free country of the world. Really? But how much more popular could you get? You got your own stamp. Yeah, I've had my, <laughs> I have my own stamp, and I have one in Canada. Fantastic. It's amazing. <laughs> that, with that and two bucks, you can get on the subway. <laughs> hey, what are you doing next? What's your next thing? I'm doing this thing called uh, The Coming of the Superman, and it's uh, basically me doing Neil Adams mixed with Jack Kirby. Wow. With, uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, Dark Side and uh, all the Jack Kirby characters that Jack Kirby did over at DC Comics, and uh, an Apocalypse, and uh, and uh, and it's Superman and Jack Kirby's uh, new gods, essentially. And the new gods, wow. And his new gods. Well, he's it, it starts off with these three new Supermen who show up that are going to take his place because uh, Dark Side has been screwing with their planet, which is New Krypton. So I get to do uh, three new Supermen. I get to do uh, Darkseid and all those characters from Apocalypse. I'm, I get to do Jack Kirby. That's fantastic. And, and, that sounds great. And if your question is, am I going to screw it up? The answer is no. <laughs> I definitely wasn't going to ask that. My no, question I'm gonna, was actually going to be who's writing it. I am. Oh. I am. If I didn't write it, then how would I know I'm going to get the right stuff? Great. And you guys haven't read, and you wouldn't even ask me this question if you read Batman Odyssey cover to cover. I have not read it cover to cover. Da, right? da, 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 da. You got to do it. All right, I will. Thank you so much for talking to us. I mean, uh, you've really pleasure. given us a, a lot of your time. We never even got to. I'm yeah, we didn't get to the physics at all. We didn't even get to Batman. That's right. Too bad for you. <laughs> is there a comic that you did that you think is underappreciated or you think that people don't? Underappreciated. <laughs> I don't know. I get an awful lot of appreciation. You can do a lousy drawing, but it can be iconic. And people think it's wonderful. I did uh, a shot of uh, a cover of Superman breaking chains on his chest. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I love that. It took me maybe three hours, okay? A piece of total crap, a real piece of crap, and everybody loves it. And it's like, really? I mean, I did it, and it was gone, and suddenly it appeared, and then everybody, oh, this is wonderful, Neil. No, it's not. No, I even stretched the guy as Superman's legs so I could put the lettering between his legs so one leg is longer than the other. Oh, I right. don't care. It's wonderful. No, it's a piece of crap. Then you do another cover. I have a cover that I did that ha it's a kind of a Western, all-star Western, right? Yeah. And I got a cowboy who is, his back is to us, and there's a prone horse, a dead horse in front of him. And he's behind the horse, and obviously slugs have been poured into that horse because it's dead. And riding toward them are these Indians. And these Indians are, at this moment, whirling in their, they don't have saddles, whirling on their blankets, on the horses and looking behind them, and there's a giant spaceship landing behind them. Now, that's a good cover. <laughs> People don't, nobody knows that cover. It had nothing but that damn Superman with the chains. They love that. Yeah. 
I didn't know that one as a kid, but I, I have stared when I was younger, like of the covers of Conan on Savage Tales and ah. the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number one. I really was enthralled by those covers. I mean, they made a huge impression on me when I was a younger guy. Well, I'm being silent because I appreciate your comment. Right, okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm glad because, you know, when you're young and you're, that's like your whole life is comics and your bicycle and, and sure. your baseball glove, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, to me too. I mean, it, you know, those issues that you did of X-Men really stick with me. Fourth, well, it's also, it's, you guys also represent a community of creative people who have ambitions to be able to do that stuff yourself and, and appreciate it and get it. And that makes guys become actors and makes guys become directors and producers. And, and people, uh, or, or even art directors and advertising agencies, the community of people who know who I am and what I've done is actually quite an incredible community. It's, uh, it's, it's great to know. Well, I think there was a compliment in there to us, and I'm going to end on that. Like, I think that <laughs> Neil Adams complimented me today, so yeah. I'm really, that's fantastic. Well, you're officially uh, an honorary grown-ass man now. Okay, man. Thanks again to Neil Adams for chatting with us, and special thanks to Jay Oaks for arranging the whole thing and introducing us. Uh, that's it for this time, and we will see you next time on Grown-Ass Men. Grown-Ass Men.